Well, good morning. We are here with Mike Randolph, the longtime Duluth East uh, head hockey coach. Several state titles, several great victories, and several great stories. I'm really, really excited to have him on the line today. I hope you enjoy what we have to talk about. Love is a burning thing. And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire All right, Mike, you're in the ring of fire. Are you looking forward to it? Sure am. This should be fun. All right, yeah. be- before we get rolling, I have to tell you a story, and this is totally unprompted. I haven't told you this story before. You're going to love this. Um, my brother, uh, you coached, did you coach Jake and Pee Wee's at some point? Or Squirts, Pee Wee's? Squirts. Okay. Yep, squirts. So my brother, who I would say uh, I respect as much as anyone out there, uh, studies the game as much as anybody, um, coached the game before he had kids and all the things. You know, Just a total nerd, just like me. We, we could go to games and sit there for days and days and days. And he coached at a very high level. And eventually his son is about the same age as your son. He is the same age as, as Jake. And he called me up. And he w- we would talk hockey, you know, squirt team. He would coach or this team or whatever. And, and he got into a game, went to a tournament in Duluth and coached against Mike Randolph. Really? And, yeah, yeah. And he, so he came wow. home, and, and, and you and uh, um, he came home from the game, and he called me up, and he said, Tony, I just saw the devil. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I go, what? And he goes, I've never been out coached in my life, and this guy from Duluth, I don't know what his name is, was unbelievable. He knew everything. He went on and on and on, and, and I go, was it Mike Randolph? And he goes, yeah, it was Mike Randolph. Who's that? And I'm like, you don't know who that is? He gets to Duluth East Coast. He goes, no, really? Like, he didn't, he just had no clue that you'd be down coaching squirts because he had you kind of pigeonholed right. at the high school level. You know, so we went through it. We did the math, and yes, sure enough, uh, that was he wow. saw he saw a ghost that day, and and you're the ghost. So <laughs> it was That's a good one. It was so funny. So um, it's funny that we mentioned that because you know my brother uh, played you know, small college hockey, and that's kind of where you got your start. You know, yeah. in in coaching, yep. and we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. But how did you get into hockey? How did it how did it happen for Mike Randolph? Because a lot of people probably don't know how you got into it, and and your playing career, and that kind of thing well my my dad drove us i had three brothers and he drove us all down to lord chester i'll never forget we didn't my we couldn't afford skates and uh sam williams uh who was an uncle tommy williams i was gonna say any relation to tommy williams yep and uh he got us all fitted i wore red skates i'll never forget them they were girl skates yeah and i didn't really care what they looked like or what kind of skates they were. I just wanted to get on the ice and skate. And I'll never forget that day. And from that day on, I pretty much, other than being home, whenever they had ice down there, I lived down there. And uh, it was where I grew up and made a lot of friendships and had a lot of fun. So that's where it all started. So you played there and 
your peewee team, you told me before the show, uh, was kind of littered with some great hockey teams, hockey players. Yeah, we had uh, uh, four players that I can remember that went on and played beyond. And and at that time, there was no travel in hockey. It was just right. rink. House league, right? Yeah, house league. And we played like 24 games a year. And we ended up going to the Pee Wee National Tournament. And uh, uh, your park, your being, park we, did, we, or did it, did it merge into our, a whole bunch of teams? Just one park. Just one park. We no ended way. Up winning the, we ended up winning the state tournament, and then went to a national tournament in Sault Ste. Marie, and uh, actually played against Gordy Hall's kids, Mark and Marty. They beat us three two in overtime. No and way. We we had a great team. Ended up having four players on that team: Chuck Ness, Pokey Traxel, myself, and Keith Gilbertson, all ending up playing beyond the college level, playing some uh, semi-pro hockey. So <laughs> it just speaks to the kind of team we had. And we only had back then; you only had like twelve players on the team, you know. So you got a lot of ice time, got to play a lot, and uh, it was a very, very fun year. We went undefeated in the area. And uh, obviously won the state tournament at the Pee Wee level, and then went on the national tournament, and lost in the finals. So that's it's a, an experience I'll never forget. It's a staggering uh, statistic if you consider that it's not one town. It's you know that's that's one team. That's how good that is. Right. Uh, on, on comparison to today's standards, people hear you say, "Oh yeah, I played my, my minor league hockey or semi pro hockey, whatever it was." Uh, there weren't a lot of players in the late 60s, early 70s that were going to make it to the NHL, even though they are probably NHL quality. You want to elaborate a little bit on, on just the mere st- uh, the statistics of it all? Well, none of us played in the National Hockey League because of what you First of all, there weren't as many teams. Right, six teams. Therefore, the opportunity was there. Now there's 30, there. right? Yeah, right. And so we all ended up playing in what was called the International League. Uh, I'd see Pokey there. I'd see Chuck there. I'd see Keith there. We'd all bounce around different minor league teams, farm teams of NHL teams, or when the World Hockey League came in, farm teams of the World Hockey League because the NHL and the World Hockey League were going on at the same time. So that was an opportunity for more players to play at the higher level but a lot of the NHL top players were coming over to the World Hockey League because they, they were trying to attract them. So it was a, a different time of, of when, what went on in hockey. But uh, it, was, it was a battle to, to make it beyond or up to the NHL. It was different brand of hockey back then. Yeah. It was mostly very a lot of fighting. A lot, of, a lot of physicality. There wasn't a lot of skill. I mean, I really enjoy the NHL now because of the skill level of players. Now it's a completely different game. Yeah. And uh, had it stayed the way it was back then, I don't think it would be the popular sport it is today. Today, that's but, correct. That is so, correct. Um, so you one, I looking through your hockey DB, and I see one team on here that just just like c- catches my eye. That's the Sun Coast Solars or something like that. It's got to be a Sun Florida Coast Suns. Sun Coast Suns. 
sons. Yeah. What yep, was, that was the, in Florida? Tell me about that. You're <laughs> you're a kid from Duluth, right? And now you're playing semi-pro professionally hockey in Florida. What was this like? A were you a fish out of water, or was it something you really liked? It was an awesome experience. Well, first of all, the World Hockey League, uh, the Minnesota Fighting Saints. Yep. Some of your listeners will remember them. They were in the World Hockey League, and I went to the Minnesota Fighting Saints training camp. In fact, Len Sommer, which is a very familiar name yep. in Minnesota, was the head coach back then. And I ended up being sent to the Suncoast Suns yep. and ended up playing there in St. Petersburg, Florida. And it was an unbelievable experience. To be honest with you, Tony, a lot of the uh, the World Hockey League teams that were playing for the Saints a lot of the players wanted to come play in Florida because of the weather. Uh, we were on the golf course by 10 o'clock, free golf, free cart, free everything. No way. And, and yeah, we, we'd go to practice about 9 o'clock, and then we'd end up golfing the rest of the day and just enjoying the great weather. We obviously played a heavy schedule and uh, played about 78 games, but it was a great experience, and uh, I never got – called up to the saints which would have been a dream come true but right. ended up having a great experience playing in st petersburg florida it was uh it was right next to the ball where the st louis cardinals uh had spring training so when spring training camp started we got to go over there and watch that and uh it's 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 an experience i'll never forget uh and like you said playing in florida i never thought that day would happen but uh, I'm glad it did. So you didn't take the traditional route, and there wasn't really a traditional route back then. A lot of kids didn't. A lot of kids from Minnesota didn't go play college hockey like they do today. There was, you, 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 you had a kind of uncharted territory at the the next five, six years of your life. Talk about that aspect of just playing hockey as kind of your trade. Well, back if you remember back college hockey, the freshmen couldn't play. Yep. You remember that. Yes. And I think that. Uh, We're going to teach a lot of you. history lessons here today, aren't we, Rand? Yeah. Well, <laughs> when you go get one year as old as me. Yeah. <laughs> Kids listening be like, oh, there were six NHL teams? That's what the original six means, right? Yeah. There you go. But uh, I ended up, uh, I met a player during the summer league. I played in the summer league down in uh, Minneapolis. I lived at the Y in downtown Minneapolis. And played in the summer league, which I could do because I went to a private high school and they didn't have the same rules as the Minnesota State High School. Right. So I went down and worked at Bridgman in downtown Minneapolis. Yep. And lived at the YMCA in downtown Minneapolis. So you're talking about my hood league. right now. I know exactly where these were. That's right by A and B Sports by Ninth and Hennepin there, right there. There you go. Yep. yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is great. All so right. I ended up playing uh, playing with a guy named Bob Fowler and got to know him pretty well on the same team. It was called the Schwanz team. And it was in a league, a really good league of college players. So yeah. I'm a high school player getting to play against these guys, and it was awesome. But anyhow, Bob Fowler talked me into He asked me what I was going to be doing. after This was after my senior year, and I said, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm not going to go to college. I'm not ready for it. And, Yep. So I want to play some hockey somewhere. So yeah, he talked me into going up to Estevan, Saskatchewan. He played for the Estevan Bruins. Yep. And I uh, ended up 
playing for them and then ended up playing in Chilliwack, British Columbia. That's a long way. League. Talk about the <laughs> Florida being like, that's a long ways from home. Yes, it is a long way from home. And, uh, but thankfully I was around a lot of great teammates and guys that I, I played with Ron Greshner in, yep. in Chilliwack. He played for the Rangers. Yeah. Got to know him really well. In fact, I went to, he lived in good soil, Saskatchewan, about a town of about 500 people. But yeah. They had a hockey rink. And oh yeah. He lived on a farm and I, I lived there all summer and just had a great experience of traveling across Canada as my first year out of high school. Uh, one quick story. I went into training camp in Estevan and I noticed nobody had a helmet on and I asked oh, one of the players, yeah. how come nobody has a helmet on out here? I mean, I came out of high school right? and we didn't have the mask or anything, but at least we had a helmet on. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, they said, Oh, you can't, you can't, you can't try out if, unless you, if you put a helmet on, they'll think you're scared. So, you're, you, there's no helmets around here. Wow. So that in itself was a, a quite a culture change. Uh, yeah, big time. Because I, you know, I saw it on TV and NHL, but I didn't think at junior hockey they would, you know, right? They would look at it as being scared. Right. So there's a lot of different things I learned and about hockey, and uh, ended up having a great experience, like I said, and then I ended up. Bouncing around in the minors here and there, uh, chasing my dream to play in the NHL. That never went away, but knowing that the chances aren't very good, but I still enjoyed and loved playing the game. So I just kept playing and playing and playing until I, I'm i in Fort Wayne and I finally get a call from my high school coach like six years later. Oh, you skipped a really big piece of your career here. The, uh, you, oh. sk- you skipped the Olympic part of it, right? Oh, yeah. The this Olympic is right, a- right after the Olympics, you were in Fort Wayne, but before that, you were in like Helsinki or somewhere on your way to the Olympics. You had made the Olympic team, literally a badge and everything, right? Right. I uh, actually, before that, Tony, I was sitting in the kitchen with, uh, my, at my wife's house, and we're headed to going to go to Saginaw in the International League. I get a call from Bob Johnson asking me if I want to try out for the Olympic team. I didn't go to the original tryout just because I didn't think I was eligible. Right, you were taking money, but not you weren't exactly. a millionaire. But you were still right. making money, and your amateur status was probably a little bit questionable. But they're probably going, this is not NHL money, right? Right, right. I Surprisingly, I was eligible to come right. for a tryout, and I end up playing against New Haven. I'll never forget it in Madison, and uh, penalty killed and got some good ice time. And he asked me if I wanted to play for the Olympic team. I go, Are "You kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> Our home base was in Madison because, yep. as you know, Bob Johnson coached Madison. So I played, ended up playing for the Olympic team all year, and we go over to Helsinki, Finland, prior to the Olympics, and play train and play Finland in two exhibition games. And I'm playing with Buzzy Snyder and Steve Surtage. Yep. So I think I'm pretty comfortable because there's a rumor going around that they're having terrorist attacks in Innsbruck and the Olympic village is not going to be able to house as many athletes as they planned on. Right. And so 
we get done and I'm going in the locker room in Helsinki, get my equipment like all the other players are doing. And I get called to the front of the bus by Bob Johnson. And he tells me that I'm not going to be able to uh, stay in the Olympic Village. In fact, I'm not going to be able to be on their roster. The only way I'll get on a roster is if there's an injury. And so I'm obviously very upset. Right. My wife is ready to fly over the next day. And I decide that I told Bob that I would rather be dropped off at Copenhagen. Right. When they stop in Copenhagen, I'll go back to Duluth and the Olympic team will go on to Innsbruck. So and, that and, was a very and tough Besser, time, obviously. Besser was on the team, too. Jeff Besser was on that yeah, team as well. Jeff same Besser thing happened, was right? was the other player. He was the other player that tried out at the same time. He didn't really go to the Olympic camp. Okay. But they brought Besser on board, and we ended up traveling back to Duluth uh, together. Yep. And years later, you talked to Bob Johnson, and what was his explanation for the dispatching? Yeah, I ran into him uh, during the call when I was coaching at UMD, and he was with Pittsburgh, and I asked him in the press box in Colorado. I wanted to know, to put some closure to it, how I could be playing with Buzzy Snyder and Steve Surtage. Uh, Steve Surtage was a captain, and Buzzy right. was a top player, how I could be let go. And he just said it was based on the fact that you never came to camp and you were – you and Jeff were two of the last players to join the team. That's the honest truth. So wow. I said, I respect that. Thanks for letting me know that, Bob, because it puts some closure to it. So All right. All right. we so had a I, nice conversation. I didn't want to skip that part of your life because it's, it's a you know disappointment cutting. I mean, this is these are all things you're learning per, personally, hand in hand. It really pays dividends moving forward in your career as a coach, right? I mean... No question. I, I know the feeling of being cut from a team. And if you play long enough, everybody gets cut from a team or they retire. So right. the reality is it's a tough thing to deal with. And I know the some of the feelings that players go through when they're let go. And it's not an easy time. And there's not an easy way no. uh, to let the player know. So. No, so now you know. Now you've kind of hit rock bottom. You know, like you're you're older now. You're in your t- mid twenties, and you have yep. no college education. And yep. you've, I mean, you said to me before before this morning, like Tony, look at me. I'm five foot eight. You know, like my career isn't <laughs> going to be very long here. About doing 65, this, five five foot eight isn't going <laughs> right. to. Back then, Tony, it's not going to make it. There's all. What they don't understand is there was more looking at size and the ability to fight than looking at skill. There was more fighters on a team back then. There oh. was skill guys on a team, unfortunately. Yeah, very That's why the NHL is so much more fun to watch where there's more skill guys and there's hardly any fighters on a team. Fighters have a hard time staying in the NHL. You know, a guy right. who oh, makes yeah. a living doing that. So it was a completely different era. And, uh, like you said, I was scrambling. It was in February when I got sent home. So there's a lot of season left. So I'm trying to hook up with a team and I'm in Fort Wayne. Right. Uh, trying to make their team. I got a five game tryout and I get a call from my, uh, former high school coach, Dell general. Now this is about six years later. Right. And, uh, he tells me, 
he needs me to come back and help coach the St. Scholastica hockey team because he was not happy with the selection they made of the coach. Right. And uh, he got the selection of assistant coach, so he wanted me to come back, and it was a chance for me to get, he says, I'll never forget, he says, you need to get your degree, and I couldn't agree with him more. Right. I did, and that's an opportunity that, I couldn't believe it happened, and uh, I end up going back there, and our first year, we end up winning a national championship. Uh, first one, and only one, St. Scholastica has won, and I'm really proud of that, and uh, I had a great experience there coaching, and that's where my coaching started. And how many years, was it Was it the exact four years you went there and got basically a free education and, and a little bit of a paycheck, I'm imagining, Yes. Right? Yes, I got little paycheck, a little bit of – it worked out really well, really well. I didn't have to pay any kind of tuition, anything. I went – I wanted to be a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher coach. Yeah. I knew I wanted to coach. And at that time, you had to be part of the teaching unit. Yeah, here we go. Here we go, right? Yeah, to get, to get a head coaching job. So I knew I had to find a teaching job first. And then get a coaching job. So it in, worked out differently, but that's what I knew I wanted to do. I want to make sure that we. I want to touch on this. So, like, in nine, I did the math here. So, in nineteen eighty, you're about twenty years old, twenty eight years old. Uh, now you have a new college. You have a college degree, and you want to get in. And like, like, like these days, it's you can get a job, right? Right. It was right. not easy. You're a baby boomer. Talk about how hard it was just to get. You you probably subbed your way all the way through the eighties. Yes, I did. That's where Explain I started what out. Subbing, subbing is first of all because a lot of kids don't know what that is, or you know, listeners. Subbing is when a teacher is out. It's when these kids take advantage of a sub. They see a different face come into yeah. classroom. Oh yeah, and oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. That's Let's watch a movie, day. right? Yeah, exactly. I had many kids tell me that when I went in the room. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Turn on the TV. We're not going to do any work. Right. Day <laughs> off. Right. Yeah. Day off. I. I'll tell you a quick subbing story. One subbing story. Okay, this is what subbing's about. I walked into a school in Duluth, and I walked into a sixth-grade class, and I'm pretty young now. You know, I'm yep. subbing, and uh, uh, I have a real – it's funny you brought that up because I have, an, I have a lesson plan for what the teacher wants the kids to do, and I start going through it, and these kids go, What? Turn on the TV. We're not going to do any work. Right. So you can imagine the kind of day I had. So at the end of the day. For six straight hours, right? Exactly. And at the end of the day, I walk them to the bus, and I'm going up to the room to write the teacher a note on how the day went. And in comes three of the clones that were giving me a hard time all day. Yeah. Give me a little bit more hard time. And I go, I'm writing a note, and I go, uh, uh, guys. The day's over. Go, I, I don't need you around here, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They sit down and start giving me a hard time. I said, guys, I'll give you a minute to get out of here. And they don't move. So I got up to remove them from the room. Yeah. And they started pushing desks at me. What? And I couldn't get Yeah. And so I'm chasing these clowns around the room to try to get them out of my room. Yeah. And they're pushing the desks at me and staying away and I couldn't get them and then finally I got my hands on one of them by the door and I kind of threw them out the door yeah 
and the other two just kind of uh, left on their own. Yeah. And the principal comes around the corner. He says, we got a problem in here? I said, not anymore. We don't have a problem. I said, next time you need a sub here, don't call me. <laughs> so that was the end of that. So that's what a sub's about. I hope that helps explain what a sub's oh, about. Oh, yeah. I, I remember to- <laughs> tormenting subs all the time when I, in, in the 80s. So I was probably yeah. going after you, Rand, back in Minneapolis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was just like playtime. It's a right? tough way to make a living. I'll yeah, tell you that. that's what I wanted to say. It's like it's it's not all 2015, you know, beating no. Edina. There was a mm-hmm. there's a grind there to get to that point. Point of what yes, I'm trying to make, there right? Is. There is. And, early, and there was a big time waiting list to get a, a teaching job back then, like 500 people on a waiting list. So for one job, right? Yeah, for one job. Yeah, yeah. it was tough, 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 yeah. tough uh, toiling. Um, before we skip into some of the the 80s, I want to talk for a few of the teams you taught, coached in the 80s, uh, including UMD, including some of the Denfeld teams that went to to state. Um, but I, I don't want to I don't want to leave behind the impact that Del Genero had on you and and what what he had on you and 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 what you what lessons he gave you to to move forward as a teacher. Yeah, uh, it just reminds me as we talked earlier about. Uh, how important it is to be there for your players, not only during the, their careers, but after their careers. I mean, I'm honored when players call me, and it's happened many times about writing a letter of recommendation for being a cop, right. being any kind of job that they move on to. I continue to talk to Spee about family things. Right. I mean, the the, the understanding that what my coach did for me carries over on what I want to do for my players. I want to always be there for my players. Uh, can't thank them enough for their dedication and commitment to me. And that's the least I can do for them if I can be of any help. And I always on the exit meetings of the seniors tell them that I'm always here for you. Don't hesitate to call. And for many of them, I share the story of my high school coach, what right. he did for me. So, right. yeah, that's I, pretty neat. It's a valuable, valuable lesson I learned there Very that I neat. carry over to this day. So, you coached at the college level uh, at UMD in a couple different stints. Um, people must know that, need, need to know that. And uh, then you coached, is this the first time you've ever uh, been to a state high school hockey tournament as a coach? Was in, in 85, 86? Uh, no, uh, actually I, I went to, as a scout for yep. colleges, I do a little bit of scouting. Yeah. I worked with Gus Hendrickson, his last year at UMD. Yep. It was a tough year cause Gus kind of knew he was on his way out. Right. And, uh, I, I, I know at that time, Mike Surtage wasn't interested in the position, but they were interested in Mike Surtage. Right. And so it was a tough time, tough year to coach, but a very great experience for me coaching at that level and coaching that caliber of player. And then later on, Mike got the job and he was kind enough to let me continue coaching with him a couple of years. And again, learned a lot and, uh, you know, it just, it, it just continued my coaching dream. You know, right. after Scholastica. Yeah. And like you said, I coached at Cathedral for a couple of years, Duluth Cathedral, yep. which is now Duluth Marshall. Right. 
And uh, Coach Ted Denfeld was the assistant coach. Uh, Robbie Stauber was our goalie, a very familiar name in the hockey world. And uh, we were fortunate enough the second year uh, to go to a state tournament. And we got beat by Burnsville. Yeah, who ended up winning The Bloom boy. Yeah. I forget his first name, but he was a heck of a player. There you go. He scored the the winning goal on Robbie. uh, But it was a great run and a great experience. And that was my first state tournament experience and found out how much fun it is for the community, how much fun it is for me personally. And, uh, and, and the players, of course. So that kind of probably fueled, set a dream of getting yeah, back. There, I was going to say know? it probably fueled you big time, right? Like, okay, oh, yeah. I, I see how this works, right? I know, yeah. I know how to do this now as an mm-hmm. assistant, but you always wanted to be a head coach. Um, before we get to the head coach, I want to just touch on Rob Stauber and, and the effect that he had on your team and on the tournament and on any, every game he played. Walk through his game and how he was different than everybody else. Well, Rob was, uh, uh, if I could compare him, he's a Stalak. Yes. Like Stalak. Yep. Uh, the wild goalie. Uh, he handled the puck a lot. He was very aggressive. He, he just, he, he just was very, for a high school player who was so, uh, in tune to shooters, he would wa- literally watch other teams play, other players play prior to playing them, right? And knew their tendencies. And uh, but he would come out, and we'd we'd tell our defenseman just pick up the people away from the puck because he's going to play the shooter, and he would literally play the shooter. He would cut down their angle, and you wouldn't have anything to right. shoot at because yeah. of his aggressiveness. And you didn't see that much back then. No, I think that's what separated him from so many other goalies he was a student of the game and uh i remember when he was trying to decide on colleges yeah he wasn't gonna go to minnesota he was gonna go down south and play golf yeah Brad i played with them in the Brad state Duto. i played with he was in my foursome at the state golf tournament in 1986 all right it's <laughs> my claim to right. fame i didn't right? know that yes yeah, that's awesome <laughs> yes. well he was in really into golf, Tony, and he really wanted to go somewhere where he could do both. Yes. But I, I remember meeting him and talking to him about uh, him continuing his hockey career because I really thought he had the potential of playing even beyond college. And we had a great conversation, and thankfully he ended up at Minnesota and ended up having a great career. And uh, he was one... He was the reason that we got to the state tournament and the reason why we did well at the state tournament. So I remember a quick, kind of kid. quick Rob Stopper story. I remember taking a date to the state games on Friday, and I said, I said, the one thing you got to watch when you get here is watch this goalie from Denfeld because he will, he's the most different goalie I've ever seen. And I remember about the second period that my date said, he goes, He's crazy. And I'm like, yes, he's a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked crazy because he was so different than any other goalie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So (laughs) I just remember she was, he's crazy. I'm like, yeah, he is. That's why it was so fun to watch the guy, you know. Right. He was different, that's for sure. All right, so let's move forward to uh, 1998. 
Um, you'd already lost the job, right, for for the Duluth East job a couple years prior. And yes, I did. You walk in for the second interview. Uh, you didn't get the job. We talk about unions, right? Uh, right. You, didn't, you were still subbing, still making yep. your way, and making a name for yourself in the coaching ranks. Um, learning your craft and then you get your big job interview for the second go round that you didn't get the first time around and you weren't going to screw it up this time. What happened? Well, it was pretty well set by the community, the community. I hate to say it, but pretty much ran out the other coach that took it. That was part of the union. Right. And they wanted me to be the head coach. There was no question about it. The whole community knew that. So they interviewed like five candidates for the job and I was one of them. Right. And I went in during the interview and you know how Tony, you kind of go in an interview and not feel like it's, you're really, it's not going to be, you're yours, not right? going to be the one. You're not going to be the one. <laughs> yes. And I've had that happen, sir. I have. <laughs> so I uh, sensed that. And thankfully the principal asked me if I had anything to say, uh, at the end of the interview. And I just said, my, uh, Mike, his name was Mike white. I just want to tell you that, uh, this community is really thirsty for a state tournament because they had not been to a state tournament, uh, in 17 years. And that was the frustration in the community. And, uh, uh, you know, they got Silver Coda going through the school. They got Sean Hill going through the school yeah. and they're not getting the state tournaments, you know? So I tell the principal that I, I you know, I just kind of feel like you don't really want me to be the head coach, but I sure love this opportunity. I can guarantee you that we'll be to a state tournament in five years, which is very important. Might not be important to you, but very important to the community. And if we don't get to the state tournament five years, you can fire me. And I don't know what he thought of that, but I think it, <laughs> it helped. worked. It, it helped. And uh, we ended up fortunately getting to the tournament in 91. And I never seen a principal have so much fun at a state tournament. And he shared that fun with me. He told me well, how awesome it was. Because unfortunately, as you know, Tony, a lot of people don't get to the state tournament. Right. To, to see what it's all about yeah. until their team gets there and they'll watch it on TV, but it doesn't do it justice no. to what it, it's really about, you know, if your team gets there. And so he had a great time and I'm glad he experienced the state tournament and uh, it worked out. So you, so you you win, you beat uh, Cloquet in overtime. That was Rusty Fitzgerald, right? Scores the game winner. Yep, yep. At this point, this has got to be, I mean, you've had a lot of shining moments as a coach, right? You won a national championship, but you were never really as a head, head coach. Now, this is your team. These are your boys. You developed them in the offseason. And is this is this one of those, I, I think I can do this moments? Yeah, it was, it was really special because this group of seniors, as sophomores, I took a lot of heat because I cut a lot of seniors. Right. And I caught a lot of juniors and I mostly went with a sophomore group and had it not worked out, I probably would have taken a lot of heat. You right. know how that works. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. it worked out fortunately and we beat a very good cloquet oh, man. team in overtime. And uh 
uh, I, it's hard to explain how excited I was. Obviously, I went to it the state tournament as an assistant coach at right. Denfeld, but now to go as a head coach, I I had a feel for what it was going to be like, but never had any idea what it's like until you really go. Right. And uh, I'll never forget the AD. They go, the AD goes, well, we got, we got your rooms. And I go, how many, how many are in a room? Four. I said, we're not going to have four in a room. No way. State tournament. Yeah. He goes, well, I've been to state tournament basketball. He was the basketball coach and we have four basketball players. I said, well, we're not the basketball team. We're the (laughs) hockey team. So we're going to have two to a room. He goes, well, who's going to play for that? I said, the parents are. Yeah. So we had a parent meeting. <laughs> we had a parent meeting about tickets, you know, how you do after you, yeah, and you're you like, qualify as state tournament. And I said. You probably said, uh, bring your checkbooks, right? Oh, yeah. They they all brought their checkbooks. Yes. I said, we're, we want to put uh, two players to a room. Uh, so that'll be about a $100 check. I'm wondering if you people will be willing to do it. Everybody wrote a check for hundred dollars. The AD goes, I can't believe this. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know. Let me just interject here. You know how I do those fun interviews with the kids for the state tournament. You can ask anybody anything the week of the state tournament, and they'll do it. You're like, exactly. oh yeah, we'd like a thousand dollars and your third born. Okay, yep. Here's the third born. Here's the money. They will do anything. Do you know what I'm saying? Because exactly. it's the euphoria, right? Yeah, exactly. It's- so the AD was just. He could not believe it. And uh, you saw I've been in a number of state tournaments that never did this. I said, did you ask? You should ask. Just ask. You know? They will do anything. And exactly. it's a good anything. It's like they're excited. Right. They want to they be part of it, you know? Right, right. Can and you imagine four players in a room no. with all their equipment, Tony? Come no. on. <laughs> Come on. No, no. <laughs> so then we got an extra room for the equipment. Yep. And we had to pay for that. Yeah. And oh. His name was Irv. He was a great AD, and he couldn't believe that we got all this stuff. And I go, hey, it's a state tournament. Come on, Irv. It's just once in a lifetime, right? <laughs> exactly. This is once in a lifetime. All right, yep. so at, at, at this point now, you're rolling. You, you know, and, and you, you talk about Cloquet. They had a run there in the early 90s. Of, of their, probably, if you look back in Cloquet's hockey history, their best ever run in their program, No right? question. I so mean, you, that Jamie Langenbrenner. <laughs> I mean, they, just they stop had, right there, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they had when he was there. Their teams were unbelievable. Yeah, really unbelievable. They had a Russian kid that came in. Oh, that was his name, Petrov. 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 Yeah, I want to say Krutov, but it was Petrov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I knew yeah. it was off. Yes. Yeah, he was unbelievable. <laughs> he was unbelievable. I mean, a heck of a player. And him and Langenbrenner on the line were unbelievable. Yeah. So, you yeah, had... you're right. They had a great great runs back then and great you, runs great you, quote Casey. at this point though you knew you knew the park system you know you grew up lower chester so you know you you're watching the, the the park play you're watching Duluth stewart's the boy you know you know it's coming right you know right. there's gonna be a special time in your career and i think at, at some point you're winning in in getting there in in 90 uh, was it 90 or 91? I was for it. 91? 91. 91. Yeah. 91. You getting there in 91, that probably just, you know, unleashed the hounds, right? I mean, that, like, Well, it doesn't people, hurt. It just it, it just, helps. Well, I remember Dave Spihar saying they were playing in a regional tournament 
back then mm-hmm. some or district it might have been a district even right probably a district when we were going to play our section final and the the kids were actually talking about let's get this game over with quick you know and yeah, let's get back so for the east cloquet game and they got in during the first period and got to see that and then obviously what i love about youth hockey is they they keep that weekend for high school. Yeah. They don't have, there's not, I can't go because I have a game or I have a practice. All coaches and players respect the state high school hockey tournament. Because let's face it, that's where most of the youth kids are going to play. Yeah. That's going to be their yeah. highest level. Yeah. And they stay away and they go down or they can watch it on TV. And it's a weekend of nothing but high school hockey, some of the best hockey that you can watch. So for hockey it, people, it, it, I, I try to explain this to non-hockey people. It's almost like the Holy week, right? Like you, we yep. just, you don't do anything yep. else except, you know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I think that just jump started our program where we had a great run in the nineties and uh, a big reason why Spihar's group did what they did. You know, they remembered it. They wanted to get back to that jewel of a tournament and uh, take a run at it. So which it's, they did. So you, you know? get you get there. That team has had, had a great run. Um, let's walk through three hat tricks and, and tell me something about that tournament that a lot of people might not know. Well, first of all, they didn't know Spee. Spee, <laughs> Spee was a good one. I right. Mean, I mean, I'll give you a couple of Spihar stories. Okay. Right. One was. Up at Moorhead, we used to tr- scrimmage Moorhead, and we'd leave at four in the morning. Yeah, and Matt, they had Matt Collin. They had a great team, unbelievable, and unbelievable team. So we had a good team. So we'd have great scrimmages, physical. It'd be like a game, right? We'd call those scrimmage, but it'd be like a game. So anyhow, we pull in about eight o'clock, left at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Spear comes up from the back of the bus, no shirt on. And if you ever saw Spear with no shirt on, it would be not pretty. Go, it, no, it's not pretty. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, Coach, can I sit this one out? <laughs> yeah, okay, Spear. Yeah, you can sit this one out. All right, get your stuff on. Let's go. And, you know, that's just the kind of spirit he would bring to the team and to the bench. And that's why everybody loved him so much. But the three hat tricks, I mean, and, of course, the winning goal right. was a penalty shot. I mean, you couldn't write a story no. like that. And it was – and what people don't understand is we went – we stayed at the Crown Sterling, okay? Yep. yep. The whole city was down there. Yeah. And you know, the Crown Sterling goes up and up and up and up. Yeah. There was, the whole city was at the Crown Sterling. And I was the last one off the bus. And Spee comes back on the bus. He said, Coach, you won't believe it in there. I go, what? He says, it's crazy in there. It's nuts. I said, hey, you guys deserve it. Champions, man. And I'll never forget the scene walking in there with them. It was unbelievable. They had a dinner. They had... Nobody went to bed the whole night. It yeah. was unbelievable. So, I bet the bus ride a, back to Duluth must have been just spectacular, oh, it was, too. It was crazy. 
the whole thing was crazy. Speed was a uh, Mr. Hockey candidate his senior year, and and uh, rightly so, won Mr. Hockey. I mean, what he did for high school hockey and what that team did for Duluth hockey uh, is amazing. I try it's to amazing. explain that to people. And not that there was a lull in the state high school hockey tournament. It was almost like it had plateaued, and then yep. Spihar took it to another level. And you were right there to watch it go from a great thing to an even even greater thing. And he's right. the, he's the reason. I mean, he was on that all when they picked the five or six players, the all you know, um, McDonough and those guys. He's the one of the most deserving guys to be on that team, without question. I don't think there's any question he belongs on that team. And uh, it, I've been waiting for it to be matched in single A or double A, and there's nothing been they show it at every state tournament, Tony, for a reason on TV between periods. It it has know? to be shown. It has to be shown. Yep. And it's funny. I I, I I McDonough made that team, and I thought Crowley was the only Crowley or Boucher. I don't think Boucher made it either. But I, and I think Ryan McDonough is a fabulous hockey player and is a great person for our state. But there are been so many great defensemen in our state, and I thought those there two. Was, you know what I mean? I thought those two were not shunned because you know, how do you pick one? You know how do you probably right. only pick two? But I Speed wouldn't want to pick that team. No, I mean, neither would I. But Speed, but I mean Boucher and Crawley. You kidding me? They I don't know. make it. I know, I know, I know, I know. That's what's so funny. And then, I but, mean, that's but, how great it is, you know. Mayasich and Ike and those guys all were very well deserving for sure. Right, for sure. Right, Antonovich that you. Probably I grew up playing against Anton. Oh, I played Anton. Anton's my age. Yep, I see Anton all winter. He's oh, a great guy. Oh, great yeah. Guy. He's a he's a beauty. He's, there's the one you should get on, Tony. He's yes. got great stories. <laughs> yes. He's a great story. <laughs> he would be fun. He, I just, yeah. that's a good idea. Thank you for that. Yeah. All right. So you know now we're talking elation, right? Like the highest of highs. Let's go to the lowest of lows in your coaching career. Is the next year you get you're playing in one of the most. Maybe it's even a low at this point because it was such – it's looked back as one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, it was probably as low as you can get. Yep. I mean, it was it was probably as low as I've been, mm-hmm. probably as low as the players have been. I And I'll speak to that just because of going back to the hotel and seeing how devastated everybody was and having to get up for the third place game, which right. is no, 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 no harm in it. No, this team had won the tournament pretty much the whole team back. Right. Won the tournament in 95. And then we played a great Apple Valley team and their goalie. I think, I think he has a record saves. Yeah. He's and, got some kind of record. That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, just ended up being a great game. Uh, Unfortunately, the gold judge fell asleep because it was a little late. <laughs> <laughs> but but those but those things happen. Oh, things happen, that's a know? good one. Oh man, I love that one. Yeah, it was late. Had, that's for sure. It was late, and somebody told me he was sleeping. So I don't know if it's true or not, but yeah, he must have been to miss that. You know. Yes. So. Yes. Um. But, so. Do you want to talk about the goal that didn't count? We got <laughs> well, it, right? Right? Well, I'll just share with you the sequence of events. Sure. Uh, as far as uh, the play and then the players exchange between them and me. See, it's 
on my far end, our bench is on the far end. Right. So I couldn't have a really good view of it. I couldn't call it either way. But I uh, I saw Mills shoot the puck, and I saw Matt Latour get a stick on it. To, to tell you the truth, where the puck went from that point, I didn't know. But I will tell you this, Matt Latour is one of the nicest kids you'd ever meet ever meet. In fact, I'm amazed he ever played hockey because he's too nice to play hockey. Right. But he came over, skated over to the bench and he said, coach, I think that puck went in. I said, really? So I called the ref over and they said, no, it didn't went crossbar down. I said, you sure? And I remember saying, yeah, we're sure. I said, well, I'm going to be watching the replay and I hope you're right. Because that just might have cost us a state tournament. And he skated away and we went on and played. And what was classy about that team is you never heard one player complain about the call. Not one player after made an excuse or anything. They just moved on as hard as it was yeah. and accepted it. And uh, But it was a great team. And it was an unfortunate thing that happened. Unfortunately, they didn't have replay back yeah. then. Yeah, and, so, and, and TV. Just again, this is communicating to the younger generation. It wasn't high definition like it is now. I mean, I I watched that thing on a pretty nice TV, and I'm like watching the replay. I'm like, I don't know, it might have went in, might not. You know what I mean? You've probably seen you it on your... Louis. You, you saw him just like Louis called it. Yeah, Wally. Wally went. Wally Shaver would go. I don't know, Louis. <laughs> I was the same way. I'm like trying to look at it on my tube TV. I'm like, I think that's in. You know, there's no yeah. DVR. It's not like I was recording right. the game. Like, all I well, saw the was the station the next week, Tony. Yeah. People don't realize the Blue Station next week had a slow mo. I mean, really slow mo of it. Yeah. And it shows it going right in the net and right out of the net. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm sure yeah. they're selling ads too, Rand, yeah, just so you exactly. know, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, okay. But so I told Larry Hendrickson uh, that puck went in the next time I saw him. Right. Oh, what a game that and was! And he knew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He definitely knew. Yeah. Um, okay. So after this game, you 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 go on. You win another state championship, though. You know, to ninety eight. So talk about that game. How how you guys put that team together. Well, it, we had great defensemen. Patrick Finnegan yep. and Nick Angel were as good a defenseman as we had, not only defensively, but offensively. They were right. very good offensively, and we got a lot done from the back end. Uh, we just, we, we, I think it, having what happened in 95 and 96 helped what happened in 98 and really drove these kids to get it done. And it just was a very, very special team that laid it on the line. And I don't think anybody would beat a very good Anoka team right? in the finals. And uh, we beat a really good Jefferson team the first game. Yes. That, that, that got us going. And uh, we found a way to get it done. Just an unbelievable feeling. You know, there's nothing people will ask me because I've had great experience and great games. What, what 
are the most exciting games for me. There, there's nothing like winning a state championship. Right. The, the feeling of accomplishing that is, is unbelievable. And I've been fortunate enough to f- get that feeling twice and come real close other times. Yeah, I got to go through uh, all the runner-ups. I mean, there's at least three more runner-ups, right? I mean, 96, 11, and 18, right? Is there another one in there? I don't know. I don't remember them. I remember the 11 because uh, my yeah. son was a junior then. Yeah. And uh, But, again, there there's no feeling like it. And the coaches that uh, have won them will – I'm sure say the same thing. So. so we have a great decade of hockey to cover in that, that decade. And, but before I, I, I ask my staff, any questions you want me to ask Rand before he goes, this is a good one. Favorite player to coach besides Jake. It's gotta be Jake, right? Yeah. Yeah. Favorite non son that you coached over the years. I'd have to say favorite. And which includes everything I personality on and off the ice. I would have to say Spear. I would I would have thought it would have been Mills. That would have been my guess. I was going to say Mills and Spear. It was between Mills and Spear, to be honest. With I would just, just because he coaches with you, and you guys yeah. have a bond probably as strong as oh, any yeah. any two. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Player coach with you know. Um, if I had, if if you said the favorite forward, I'd say Spear. My favorite D is Mills for sure, hands and, down. And I tell my players that. You've had some yeah. crazy goalies in your, you know, oh, years. Yeah. Give me a Duluth East goalie because I think if we might go to Stauber if it was all all goalies. Who's the well, Duluth East goalie that really sticks out to you? Well, I have to look at Lettingham because I pulled Lettingham in the section final. Yeah. And I put Colquist in a sophomore. Yeah. And the only reason I went back to Lettingham is because the last time we played Jefferson, he was really good against Jefferson. Yeah. And he went on and won a state tournament. Yeah, that's a good one. For a kid for a kid to to be pulled in the second final. Yeah. Because of whatever uh we felt at the time. Well yeah, and then be put back in, you know, be put back in and get it done. It's pretty special. Yanking a goalie as a coach, I mean, some people, you know, lot, most of our listeners will know this, but sometimes it isn't about the goalie. It's about you want to rock your team a little bit. Like, guys, right. you know, I got to change right. things up here. And sometimes putting a freezing cold goalie in there does a great deal of waking up, right? Well, I remember Miskovic scored. They, Rapids scored the first goal against us in the section final. Yeah. <laughs> don't think for one minute I didn't go, oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> right. That call can go either way, Tony. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a weird one that came in. Favorite place to eat in Duluth? How's this totally changing gears on you? Favorite place to eat in Duluth is Pickwick. All right. I like it. I love the Pickwick. Love the Pickwick. All right. I like and I one. like the tavern on the hill. Yes. Yeah, very if good. I'm on the hill, tavern. And Pickwick, really? I, I like hope it. I helped that person. I like you know it. where to go eat. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I like that. It's just a little bit different question. So now we'll we'll slide into the uh, this deck or the most recent decade because a lot happened from 2011 to to. I mean, you have probably one of in two. You 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 coached in two of the most epic games in tournament history. 
So let's walk through 2011. I want you to give your, your kind of memory of, of that game, and then I'm going to give you my memory as a total outsider. I really wasn't in this business in 2011 that, that tough, but I, I'll give you my memory as well. Well, my memory of it is what a great game it was and what high level of play, including the overtimes it was played at. Yes. I mean, uh, probably my biggest memory is Andrew Kerr laying out Kyle Rawl one yes. time legally and one yes. time Ill- illegally. Yes. This is, <laughs> oh, this is so, I'm so happy. Okay. Keep going. All right. Uh, I don't know how they didn't call a penalty on that second one. You know, right. the first one was a great hit. Yes. The second one, the puck wasn't even around him. And uh, just the courage that Kyle Rawl showed throughout that game. Most kids would disappear after that. Yes. He didn't disappear. He just kept coming, kept coming. And I guess when I reflect back on who won the game, Kyle Rawl won the game, and he deserved it because yeah. he paid a heavy price to get it done, and it just showed the spirit he had and the competitiveness he had inside him, which I always respected of him. I told Lee Smith that many times. Uh, I see Nick Sealer out there, and I see what Nick Sealer's done, and uh, what a <laughs> what a fighter he is! Oh, Holy what a player, smokes. right? Yeah, player, fighter. I mean, he's got the complete package. And I remember him and Trevor Olson going at it all the whole game. And we played them during the regular season, too. So right. I just thought it was a, just an unbelievable game. Uh, we we had we didn't play real well against White Bear in the first game. We actually kind of stole it, Tony. Right. I mean, White Bear had a couple. They had a really good team. Yeah. They just have a hard time getting out of that first game. <laughs> <laughs> but you- we stole that one. We We – our goalie was really good. That was our hiccup game, and we just didn't play real well. But then I thought we played really well against Edina the next night. Yeah, oh yeah. We beat them 2-1. It was a great game. And then the EP game, I thought, again, was just played at a high level. You but told – just go back to It was there. a tough game, but the toughest game for me, Tony, of all the games, yeah, including the Apple Valley game, was uh, the salt game that we lost the following? Really, year. Justin Cluse. Yep. yep. Really. Yep. I would that have never really thought that. So we had our whole team back. Yes. Uh, it was Jake's that, kind of one of his second year. to last game, right? Yeah, yeah. And to see your son so hurt, you know, I yeah. mean, I remember him going to the press conference and he got lost in the in the uh, hallway. Yeah, hallway at the X. Took a wrong turn. He couldn't find his way. I had to go find him. And uh, how devastated he was and all his teammates were. I mean, they, they planned on winning it that year. And uh, unfortunately, you know, it doesn't always go that way. No. So yeah. That was, a, that was a really tough one to stomach. That was you know? one of your best teams. There's no question it was. about it that. Was. Really quick, yeah. you, you once told you said something about White Bear and can never win the first round. I remember you and I chatting once and you said, you know, that's why I always schedule White Bear Lake early in the season. <laughs> <laughs> because they're they get better as the season goes on. I want to get them before they they get to the state tournament, right? And was, right, right. They do. They play really well at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, he has them going, and uh, they're a fun team to play at any time of the year. But I love playing them. At the, we it's usually our second game or first yeah. game, 
And uh, it's a good, great way to start our season off because they've usually got two or three games under their belt, and it's our first game. So we find a lot about our team. So. Right. You talked about the high level of play. Before we moved to 2015, you talked about a high level of play the entire game in that Eden Prairie 2011 game, which makes it interesting. Consider the goal that Rouse scored, how yep. unbelievably – unique that goal was that that goal kind of summarized the entire game right yep yep no question about it no you know, question the, about the, it the and, diving goal like that was the only yep. way that team with that game was going to be won is if somebody laid their entire body out to win the game yep and he did he <laughs> did and he deserves a lot of credit for it and uh it was one of those games that i walked away going we played really well we just it wasn't meant to be you no. know, it, 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 the ones that are tough to swallow is when you just don't play well for whatever reason. Yeah. But when you really play well and it doesn't always go your way, like Apple Valley, we played great in 96. Yeah. Just didn't go our way. We didn't get the last bounce. And EP in 2011 didn't get the bounce. No. You know? But I've been really lucky, really lucky. Tony, I've had 20, let's see. 21 section finals. Wow. And I'm 18 and three. And two of them, two of them were against Grand Rapids in a row. We <laughs> lost with nine seconds left. I was at both of them. We lost. I feel like your bad overtime. luck charm, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, again, we, and I, that was tough to take. But at the same time, I've been really lucky on other occasions where it ended up going our way. So, yeah. if, you know, if you're around long enough, Tony, you see it all. Yeah, you do. And yeah, you do. Some of the stuff you don't want to see again. Yeah. No. All right. So we got it. We got it. We don't have a lot of time left, but we got to get to the 2015 and we'll maybe a little bit 2018 as well. You, you get Edina. And again, we talk about the most epic games, uh, you know, 96 and 2011. I, th I still think 2015 of all my 40 some plus years of going to state high school hockey tournaments. That's one of the most special games that I've ever seen. You know, when the whole state and the whole crowd, except the Edina fans, are basically riding, build, building this wave of noise and support. And here you are on the bench with 19, you know, teenage boys. What do you, what's, what's going on in your head? Well, I'm just so proud of them and so proud of the state of Minnesota recognizing a group of teenage boys that put their egos aside and played for each other and played the way they needed to play to give themselves a chance to win. And they, they found their game, their best game at the right time against an excellent Edina team. And I just love the fact that people recognized the, the things that they did beyond scoring goals, blocking shots, uh, playing a system that is not conducive to players, you know, getting points or being high scorers in the state or anything like that. They just bought in and recognized that's who they were. That was their identity. And they didn't have the skill set that they could have against Edina, and they just found a way to get it done. And with less than a minute left in the game, the whole 
arena stood up and gave him a standing ovation, which I've never seen. Never at seen a it. State tournament. Never, never seen, seen it. it. So never let, heard it so loud. It was so loud down on the bench. Let's walk through. Maju gets the puck inside of your defensive blue line. At this point, you guys are icing the puck a lot, and right. And, and now you finally, Ash Altman gets loose. He get he lays it tape to tape to Altman. You're, walk through what you see at this point. Well, he had a move. He had a breakaway prior to that. Well, same shift be, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, not the same shift. A little earlier. Earlier, earlier, right? Okay. And all I'm saying is bury this one, <laughs> please. <laughs> as soon as he got free, because he was he, he had great speed. Yes. Especially from start. Once he got a step on somebody, you're not going to catch him. I knew he was in all alone, and I just. I was just praying that he'd bury this one and give us some breathing room, which he did. And uh, from that point on, Edina was in shock, and we were flying, yeah. knowing that we could get it done. So I mean, it was like that was a gas huge on goal, the fire. a huge goal. It was like and gas the place on the went fire. nuts, too, yeah. because it was a beautiful goal. It yeah. was a beautiful goal. So, Yeah. Uh, it was, I, I, I can't remember who, oh, it was Lakeville North and Eden Prairie. It was, and it was like Lakeville North and Eden Prairie fans were there. They were kind of showing up, but you know, midway through the game, like they always do or whatever. And it was just like, it, it, it was just this groundswell of support from both, both sides of the, both sides of the state from, you know, everybody, right. you know, it was pretty right. cool. Yep. Um, you do it again. Three years later, in the state, you're like, did you have some deja vu going there? I go, but your team wasn't as of an underdog against Edina in 2018. Well, May, right, Meju is what a freshman, freshman, 2015. Yep. So three years later, he's a man. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Donovan's a man, and Worth is, you know, a heck of a player. Yeah. And uh, that was a really good team. A really good team. Yeah. And uh, we didn't get it done, but, you know, uh, again, it doesn't always go your way. You know, as you'll find out as you get there more and more often, there's only one team that ends up being the winner. And right. uh, that's why it's such a special thing if your team is the team that gets it done. So, so in between those years, you talked about made you freshman, or those two years, these two section final games. Uh, again, you you stole one from them in 2011 and 15 and or 16 and 17. They take they take it away from you. What yep. are you, what are you doing in the locker room after those losses? Uh, how are you te- how are you a teacher? How are you making an impact on these kids in those two tough losses to Rapids? Well, again, I remind them because many of them were in that locker room other years where we did get it done. I right. remind them that. Uh, you know, as hard as this is, it's, it's a life lesson. And both losses were, one was with nine seconds left yep. and one was in double overtime. Yep. Thankfully, they're not going in the locker room right after the game. Yes. Because they're handing out medals. Yeah. And you get a time to regroup and the guys get a time to a little bit of regroup and realize that they just played in a, I just tell them you played in a real special game and this is a really good Grand Rapids team and they're going to represent seven, a double a, which they did. Yes. Uh, very well. Both and times. Just try to get the kids to realize the seniors 
they're devastated because it's over. Yeah. Uh, the other kids, they have, you know, the next year or the next two years. Right. But uh, you just try to, you just try to find the right words, Tony. It's really hard to because yeah. you as a coach, you're hurting too. And it's, uh, it's really tough. It's a tough time for uh, a coach uh, during uh, such an emotional uh, letdown because it is a letdown because you want to go to the state tournament and you're so close. You're nine seconds away or you're an overtime away or a shot away shot from away. getting there again. You yeah. know? Yeah. So it's a tough thing to, tough thing to deal with, but it's, uh, it's, you, you, you get through it and try to make the most positive, uh, out of it that you can. So you had, you know, we, we've basically been through your whole life back to lower Chester all the way to 2018. Any final thoughts like about coaching or coaching kids or, or some of the memories, did we leave anything out? Did I miss anything when we uncovered all this stuff? No, I, I think you covered a lot of it. I sure appreciate you covering it because it brought me back. Uh, and I don't like going back, to be honest with you. I like moving forward. Same. Uh, I, I reflect back on last season, how tough, you know, it was a different year for Duluthies. Right. And it, I felt really bad for the seniors because they don't get to do it again. I mean, we had a lot of sickness which caused a lot of games to be moved. Yes. Uh, we beat some really good teams, uh, uh, injuries, just, and everybody goes through it. I know it, Tony, but when you add everything up, it was the most bizarre year I've ever had. And I, we haven't had a chance to have a banquet because of what's going on right. and put closure to the season and, make sure these seniors get recognized for what they put into it. And, uh, I just feel, you know, it coaching is, uh, a great vehicle to reaching out to kids, uh, and touching kids in a way that you can't do it anywhere else. And, uh, so I'm just thankful I can continue to coach. And I'm thankful that for all the parent support I've had and all the player support I've had and my coaches are great. And it's just been an unbelievable ride for me. And I hope to continue it again. And I can't thank you guys enough, Tony, yeah. for your show. I think your show does a great job of promoting high school hockey. Now, I know a lot of people listen to it because I know because they talk about it. Yeah. And you guys have made a, a – you brought it to another level and uh, it's very important because you reach an audience that nobody else can reach. And right. you guys do a great job, Tony. I can't, I can't express that to you enough. Oh, so. it's a, it's an honor to hear that. Uh, Mr. Randolph, uh, we've respected you a long time, even in the nineties, but when my brother, who you respect the most, his family comes on and says, comes over the phone and goes, I just saw a ghost. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was like, I think this is Mike Randolph. So we kind of go through. Yes, it was Mike Randolph. And and I just got a kick out of that so much that my brother had met his match, you know. And and uh, we really, I really enjoyed spending some time with you before you turn the recording button on. And it's a little bit more R-rated when uh, we we got to turn the recorder button on. More PG-13, we, we turn it on. But uh, it's been a blast. I really appreciate it. I appreciate our sponsor, Lots of Matzo Pizza, for sponsoring the Pizza Pod. And, uh, uh, Mike, uh, I'll see you around the rink very soon, I'm sure. Always great to see you, and always great to talk to you, Tony, and say hi to your two cohorts. Amigos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Right. we, we got a show tomorrow. I'll talk to you soon, Rand. Thanks for being All on. Right. Thank you.